everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, the sports director for News Talk Florida and SportsTalkFlorida.com. Joining me are the Sunshine Boys themselves, Joe Henderson and Ira Kaufman and gentlemen. Yesterday in the desert, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hot off that big win against the Atlanta Falcons, taking on a Cardinals team that was less less impressive uh, in their opener. And then they suddenly found their groove. And uh, tough day in the desert for the Bucks. Ira, uh, your thoughts? Jim, Buck Nation is in mourning. And I'm not going to say all their fans, but I think it's a rather large uh, portion of the fan base. Uh, can't understand what happened. They were absolutely swept away by, uh, by a victory over a, uh, in my opinion, mediocre Falcon team. Uh, they were going, as you said, to the desert to play an elite team. Uh, and then they got their, uh, their heads handed to them. Didn't play well at all. Um, Dirk Cutter made a decision toward the end of the game that, uh, that could take up uh, two hours on this podcast, uh, keeping Winston in, in, in the ball game uh, for inexplicable uh, reasons. Uh, to me, the only good news that came out of it was that Winston didn't, uh, didn't rip his knee up with, with two and a half minutes left. Uh, but, Jim, let me say this. They come back from a two-game road trip. They're one and one. Mm-hmm. They play the Rams. I know the Rams beat Seattle, but the Rams always beat Seattle. It's just a good matchup for the Rams right. for whatever reason. They got a good defense, the Rams, but a very, very punchless offense, certainly nowhere near uh, the weaponry. Uh, surrounding Carson Palmer, so I think the Bucks will bounce back, and you know I, I think they'll be two and one, uh, and then they got to play uh, the Super Bowl teams back to back. So, Jim, the sky's not falling. Poor effort, really poor, poor performance yesterday. But to me, they were playing with a little bit of house money, and they're one and one. Mm-hmm. And these fans, so euphoric, Joe, a week ago are now in, in the depths of depression for no reason. Well, that's the NFL uh, for every place not named New England. Um, they, <laughs> you know, the, the Buccaneers were not going to win that game yesterday, pure and simple. And uh, the margin of victory uh, would indicate that the Bucks figured out what they were doing right and corrected it. But they, you, mean the, um, you mean the Cardinals? You mean the Cardinals? No, I mean the Bucks. I'm being sarcastic. Um, oh, that, uh, no, they were they were not going to win that football game, and Arizona is not going to open the season with two losses at home. It's just not going to happen. So <clears throat> the Bucks had kind of drawn the short straw in this game. Having said that, uh, they were blown out from the get-go, basically, on this. Uh, I know the first quarter was fairly close, and then it just it got away from them. And you got to be concerned about Doug Martin limping off. You know, he left the, the game with a hamstring injury, apparently. Um, and like you said, I would not have had Jameis Winston in the game for the last, you know, six or eight minutes. I don't, I don't see what the purpose there was. Uh, so that may have indeed been the best news of the day that Jameis didn't get hurt, but, uh, it's, you know, like you say, it's one game and you're coming home to play, uh, a Rams team that you look at and you say, well, 
match up pretty well with them. Maybe we can uh, we can do something against them. But if if they don't show up on defense any better than they did yesterday, um, that to me was the story of this. You got shredded, and that's un. Ira, I think we lost Joe there for a second. Uh, uh, you know, no, Jim. I'm, uh, I'm oh, you're there. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Jim, Case, Case Keenum, and I'm not yeah. making this up. Case Keenum is the man under center right now for mm-hmm. a one and one Rams team. Now, you know they didn't beat Seattle by lighting up the scoreboard, but they got yeah. a very good defense. And uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Donald, Joe, is coming to town Sunday. Defensive tackle. He's young. Uh, if anybody is going to grow and develop into a Warren Sapp character, he's got a bit of an edge to him, too. Uh, it, it's Aaron Donald. He's that good. Uh, this will be a big test for the interior of the Buck offensive line, which I think's played decently. Uh, Jim, Winston had plenty of protection yesterday. That wasn't the problem. Uh, but his balls tend to sail high when he's going bad, and he went bad. Um and, Jim, you know, you didn't see the post-game conference, but Hutter was asked why Winston was in the game in the stretch. And might I add, guys, Mike Glennon did not take a snap last season, the entire season. He never got on the field. So what's so terrible about giving Mike Glennon, you know, eight minutes of action, let him throw the ball? Um, bad decision by Cutter. When he was asked about it, he bristled. Jim, he said, you guys are going to write what you're going to write. Uh, I mentioned on this show before that, that Cutter's a, a bit thin-skinned uh, and at this point. Uh, he showed it again yesterday. Um, Joe, if they go one and two uh, facing Denver and uh, Carolina back-to-back, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting if Cutter can keep his emotions in check. That's Ira Kaufman along with Joe Henderson here on the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, sports director of SportstalkFlorida.com. You're listening to us on SportstalkFlorida.com and Blog Talk Radio. Guys, uh, talking about Coach Cutter and uh, Jameis and that whole situation, you know, as you guys know in this league, and we saw it yesterday, guys getting knocked out, quarterbacks, you know, getting punched and beaten up and all kinds of crazy things. I would have thought that yesterday in the when things started to get away in the end of the third quarter headed toward the fourth, Ira, I think you're right. Uh, you got to have that number two guy at least have some reps so that at least if they do have to go into the game, it's not like the first time they take a snap for the entire year is the first, you know, is, is game four of the of the season. And so there's no, it's not like, uh, you know, maybe Dirk Cutter had uh, had Jameis on his fantasy team. I don't know what the situation was, but I have no idea you know, why Joe, he would uh, leave him in the game. Joe, Cutter, Cutter's answer, I thought it was really weak. Uh, he said Jameis uh, is the captain, and, and the captain goes down with his ship. You know, Joe, uh, what, what, what are we, in 1848 over here? Uh, uh, you know, if, Cutter's if, the guy that's got to be the voice of reason. Of course Winston wants to play. Joe Winston doesn't want to come out of the game. But that's that's why you're there on the sidelines. You got to be thinking about the franchise, Joseph. Well, uh, all you had to do was look on the other sideline and see Carson Palmer standing there with a ball cap on, uh, as Bruce Arians knows that that's his meal ticket. And 
yes, Mike Glennon would be a, is uh, uh, as backups go, he's he's not a bad option in a in a disaster scenario. But when the game is out of hand the way that was, and you've got uh, guys flying around out there, and it's been a long day, and you're you know you're naturally discouraged a little bit about the way it's going. All it takes is just like one guy slipping a block and your season's over. Uh, and look at te- uh, Bridgewater up in uh, in uh, Minnesota goes out for this year and maybe next year in a non-contact uh, situation right. in practice. So stuff right. happens. It's a tough game. You can't play scared, but you can't play dumb. And you know, you protect your, your number one asset, and obviously that's Jameis Winston. Didn't happen yesterday. Didn't think Cutter handled it right. And, Jim, you know, some of those Arizona young defensive linemen, Jim, the second stringers that were in mm-hmm. at that point, um, all they want to do is, is is drop the quarterback and drop him hard. They they want to make an impression on, on Bruce Arians. Jim, it was it was a just a, a, a bad scenario. To, to keep your starting quarterback in to take a beating, um, maybe Cutter will learn from it. But, you know, Jim, he, he's been around football a long time. He, he should have known better. The other thing, though, and you guys know this as well as I do, you don't have to get hit to hurt yourself. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks, you know, standing out there and basically in garbage time, Take a you know step wrong on their when they release the ball and twist their ankle and do stuff without anybody touching them. So if you've got a franchise quarterback and Jameis Winston is clearly a franchise quarterback, something the Buccaneers hasn't had in years, and you're not willing to protect them, this going down with the ship idea, uh, he might be the guy walking the plank before the uh, end. And there have been many who have done that in the last few years. At they um, you know, walked the plank at Ray J, and that might be Dirk Cutter if he has this same mindset over the period of the next um, four or five games. Because if uh, if he isn't taking Jameis out in a situation like that, trust me, when Carolina comes to town, they're not going to wait around and um, you know they'll take him out if um, and I mean fairly and, and cleanly, but they're not going to sit there and go, oh, Jameis is still in the game. Let's make sure he doesn't get hurt. That's right. not going to happen. Absolutely. Hey, by the way, one, go ahead. Yeah. Go. Go ahead, Ira. No, I was going to say, uh, Jim, one thing that stri- strikes me uh, early mm-hmm. in the season, and it is early, yeah. uh, besides uh, Joe's Bengals, uh, have nothing to be uh, ashamed about. Uh, and I know we'll get into that. But mm-hmm. let's look at a couple of teams, Jim, just quick, that uh, they don't hang their heads, you know, when they're playing shorthanded. Of course, New England mm-hmm. is New England. They spanked Miami to. Final score was not indicative of that game. That that first half was a disaster for the Dolphins, and uh, Garoppolo looked good again. Now he's hurt. Uh, does anybody think the Patriots are going to lay down? Uh, I think they're playing against Houston, maybe Thursday night, Joe. And look at Minnesota. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe points out they lose Bridgewater. Uh, they lose Peterson during the game. Uh, but the Vikings have a heck of a defense, Joe. Zimmer's a good coach. Joe knows Zimmer very, very well from the Cincinnati days. He's got the full respect of those Minnesota players, especially on defense. And um, the Vikes punished uh, Aaron Rodgers. So 
Anybody who thinks Minnesota's going to fold their tents, anybody who thought, you know, New England was going to start one and three, uh, this is a team game, guys. And when guys believe uh, in, in their teammates, uh, you can do some uh, some surprising things out there. That's true. And Ira, you wrote a, a, a good column about Tannehill and the Dolphins. Um, what did you see yesterday that impressed you or didn't impress you with Tannehill? Well, he never quit. Jim, he never quit. Uh, you know, that game could have ended up 40, uh, you know, 45 uh, to 10. It, it did not. Uh, he had a big second half. Uh, but, you know, let's be honest. When teams get up big, we saw it in Arizona, uh, they relax the defense. They don't play the same defense they did in building that lead. It's just natural. Uh, defensive coordinators go a little soft, and they, they start thinking about, you know, the clock, and the clock's our ally. Uh, now, Tannehill threw some good balls, but where was he, Jim? Where was he in the first half when that game was decided? Uh, they can't win in New England. They can't win. They can't even make it close, uh, albeit the final score yesterday. That game wasn't close. And if you can't beat them without Brady and Gronkowski in Foxborough, when are you going to beat them? So I don't put the loss on Tannehill, but in the first half, uh, he didn't get the job done, Jim. No, that was uh, that was kind of a would you call it a disaster scenario yesterday for the Dolphins? Because now you're you know think about think of it this way: uh, if there was ever a must-win game in Week Two of an NFL season for the Dolphins, the Dolphins had that yesterday. You're up there. You're facing. You're not facing Tom Brady. You're facing Jimmy Garoppolo. And he torches him for three touchdowns in the first half before he gets hurt. Now, you come into this season thinking, of all things, if you're the Dolphins, we got a pretty good defense. We can hang with these guys. And the first week you go out, you lose a close one at Seattle. All right, nothing nothing to hang your head about there. But then you you go to New England knowing that, You've got to win because you don't want to go down two games to nothing, essentially, this early in the season without Tom Brady in the lineup. So they accomplished that. They are now 0-2. Brady will be back. He'll be uh, good to go. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm more curious to see what Belichick does with his quarterback situation now because he's down to his third guy. Uh, it doesn't look like uh, Garoppolo will be back. He's got a, uh, a sprained shoulder, it looks like. And so what do you do if you're, uh, uh, if you're Belichick? Do you go with Jacoby Brissett? Is that your guy? Uh, or... uh, and now they've got to pick up somebody else, Joe. They've got to pick somebody up this week. They have yeah. to. There, there are guys out there, but, you know, obviously those are Band-Aids. And... Uh, I will, I will say this, uh, uh, turning the spotlight to uh, coordinator Josh McDaniel for a little bit. Mm-hmm. If he if he can make uh, chicken salad out of uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, he'll be number one on a lot of lists uh, for a head coaching job after the season's over. Now, and, Joe and, Henderson and, and Ira Kaufman here on the right. Sunshine Boys podcast on SportsTalkFlorida.com and BlogTalkRadio.com, guys. I tend to think, and Ira 
is a is a big fan and proponent of uh, Coach Belichick. I, I tend to think that what Josh is going to do is he's going to move Gronk to the quarterback position to go to a triple <laughs> option, and it, they'll probably uh, win that way too. I mean, there's just no know, way the team to lose. This is a tough matchup, guys, because as as a Chiefs fan will attest, uh, based off yesterday's uh, ineptitude. Um, Houston has a Houston has a very good defense, Joe. Um, oh yeah, and it's and it's more than just JJ Watt, who, who's might be the best defensive player we've seen since Lawrence Taylor. I mean, he's that good. Um, Houston's defense is very very solid, and the fans will be in a frenzy at Reliance Stadium, national TV. Um, I think that's a tough matchup for New England. I, I, I don't think the Pats are going to win that game, Joe. Uh, uh, certainly uh, very uh, capable of losing that game. The, the, the Texans, that, that's a good football team. And they, um, they have a nice kind of formula going there uh, in, in that division with, uh, with the way that they play. Uh, they've got a game manager now in Brock Osweiler. Uh, they're 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 not going to lose. They're not going to let him lose the game for them. They're going to rely on their bread and butter, that, which is their defense, obviously. But that's why I say, if if you know, if it were any other team going into that environment with a now third string rookie quarterback, uh, you would you'd take it off the board. But it's this is not just any other team, and um. Wouldn't be surprised if they lose the game. They probably should lose the game. But we didn't think they'd beat Arizona uh, on the road with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and they did. So find a way. And if they do that, if they can win this game, uh, the division's over uh, as far as I'm concerned. Because the only hope that the other teams in that division had was that uh, the Patriots would start off one and three or something like that. Uh, until Brady got back, uh, they're already two and zero. Even if they split the next two games, I think even uh, the the most blindly loyal Patriot fan would have been delighted to take a three-one start. So, you know, talk about playing with house money—that's kind of what they're doing right now. Any thoughts, yeah, guys, on the Jaguars situation out in uh, San Diego? They got beat uh, pretty handily out there. It, it looked like they were still thinking about. Uh losing that, that narrow uh, uh, decision to Green Bay. That, that's what it looked like. Yeah. They're still looking at Aaron Rodgers and saying, how did we lose that game? They weren't ready to play. Having said that, um, the Chargers could easily be 2-0, and Joe. I mean, they're, they're playing sensational uh, in, in the first half of the games, both of them. Uh, I don't know how. Uh, I mean, Rivers is a stud, but Keenan Allen's gone. Joe, that, that's his main weapon. Uh, came in there, ripped, ripped the Jags a new one. Um, I said, Gus Bradley, uh, I'm not putting any money on him coming back for another season at this point, Jim. Uh, great guy. Joe and I know him from his buck days, kind of guy you root for. But, uh, gentlemen, uh, Gus Bradley has lost 38 of 50 games. 38 of 50 games have been losses. Uh, that's no way to keep your job, Joseph. No, and that was that was just a, an embarrassing effort uh, yesterday for the Jags. They 
they had to believe coming off the Green Bay game, all right, you lost a close game, but it's against Aaron Rodgers, and okay, you could probably live with that. But now you're going out, and admittedly, it's a West Coast trip, and that's that's a, always a challenge for an East Coast team. But you're going out there with every expectation that, that you're going to have a happy plane ride home. And they just got just schooled uh, is the only way to put it. And I agree with you, Ira. Uh, Gus Bradley, you, you root for a guy like him. I think they've built this team the right way. Uh, but this year was there was an expectation of success that has thus far not been realized. And that usually doesn't end well for a coach. Normally not. One other quick thing, guys. I don't know if you saw it, but the to me the game the game of the day that nobody watched was the Raiders forty and against the Falcons thirty five twenty eight. That game just was that was an old school AFL type game where they just the last team with the ball was gonna win. And uh very entertaining game. Uh totally meaningless because neither of these teams are going anywhere, but definitely entertaining game of the day. That's a bad loss for Oakland, Joe. Yeah, it That's was. You're right. Loss. At home. At, at home. Oh, very. Uh, you know, very bad. Maybe loss. Atlanta's a little better than I thought. I, I got Atlanta down as a six and ten ball club. Um, they should not put up thirty five points, Joe, uh, uh, on the road uh, against a team that's uh, supposed to be emerging with Khalil Mack, one of Joe's favorite players, and rightfully so. Um, that that's a loss that's going to haunt the Raiders, uh, Joe, uh, come come December. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You put you put a star on that one because uh, you've got to feel, uh, especially coming off a road win at, at New Orleans and the way they won it, you've got all the momentum in the world. People are excited. Okay, we're going we're gonna to do this. We've got this, this Atlanta team coming here that just lost a home game to the Bucs. Uh, happy days are here again and uh, did not work out that way. Now, again, it's the NFL. It's one game. If you try to put too much stock in one game, you'll go crazy. But uh, that uh, that's that was a bad bad loss for the Raiders, and and a great win for the Falcons. Uh, give it up for them. They, uh, I I didn't think they were very good. I still really don't. But uh, you know, you can't deny going out there and winning a, a game like that, uh, feather in their cap for sure. Jim, we have we have not heard Henderson's take on the uh, Bengals. Steeler matchup, uh, James. Well, in all fairness, we'll allow him to uh, to do that. Joe, uh, talk about one quick thing, by the way, guys. I don't. Uh, in the proverbial, it's better be lucky than good situation. The the real key moment in that Falcons game was um, when uh, when Matt Ryan threw uh, a pass to Tra- Travon Coleman. And it bounced off two guys' heads and landed in his in his in his hands for a thirteen yard uh, touchdown. And uh, basically, that's kind of you look up at that and go, "Okay, this is not necessarily going to be our day." So, it is not uh, our day. just to right. say, um, you know, uh, but you're right. Now, it's uh, losing it was not a good thing to do. So, Joe, you're up on uh, the Bengals and the uh, and the, the yeah. steel curtain in Pittsburgh. Well. That's kind of a glass half full scenario. Uh, clearly, the, you don't like losing the game if you're the Bengals, but they did. Basically, they they throttled Antonio Brown, four mm-hmm. catches, thirty nine yards, no touchdowns. Um, 
we're in a position to to possibly tie the game at the end. Controversial call on a on a fumble uh, there late in the game with, with uh, Tyler Boyd, that um, receiver that would have given them maybe a chance uh, to tie. Uh, didn't happen, but um, that was always going to be a tough, tough game for the Bengals uh, because. How many NFL teams open on the road two weeks in a row? How often does that happen? Not often. Not often. And uh, they had a tough game the week before at the Jets that they managed to pull out. Now you gotta you gotta pack up and go to uh, to your arch rival. You're playing without Vontez Perfect. Uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be and challenged. Tyler Eifert. And Tyler. And Eifert. Tyler. Eifert, that's a great point. The, Tyler Eifert is a tremendous weapon for them. I don't know how long he's going to be out. It could be another month. Uh, I think uh, we've seen him play in the Pro Bowl for the last time after the way he got uh, his ankle injury and that, and he's still dealing with it. But uh, And not only that, you've lost – they're still trying to find their way with their uh, receiving core with, uh, you know, having lost uh, Sanu and, and Marvin Jones. To uh, And – it's just they're they're kind of a work in progress at this point. Um, Pittsburgh very very good. Roethlisberger does what he needs to do. Um, you know, just the uh, D'Angelo Williams. Uh, what is he now? 108 years old, and he's still running like a like a madman. Um, but if you're Pittsburgh, that was a game you had to win. You know, th- that's just kind of the way the the NFL, the rhythm of the NFL works. The Bengals did not have to win that game. Uh, we got to give uh, Joe. Joe, we got to give Mr. Williams credit at least early in the season. Um, he tabbed the Steelers uh, as his pick to click uh, and get to Houston, I believe, and represent the AFC. And Joe, through two weeks, uh, Steelers just proved they can win without Antonio Brown having a, a huge game. Uh, James Williams, uh, so far so good, sir. I, um, as the old saying goes, I don't count my chickens before they're hatched. I, but I appreciate the, I appreciate the love, and we'll see what happens when Le'Veon Bell comes back. But you know, Joe said it, Ira, you said it last week. If, uh, if the Bengals could uh, put on paper, and also the Buccaneers, we said the same thing about those two teams. If they could put on paper before the season started that you're going to be one and one going into week three, I think both of them would have happily taken it. There you go. All right, boys. I'll tell you what. Here on the Sunshine Boys podcast with Joe Henderson, Ira Kaufman, I'm Jim Williams. We're going to step aside. You're listening to us on sportstalkflorida.com and blogtalkradio.com. And after the break, we'll come back and talk a little bit more football, possibly this time on the college side. So let's step aside, pay some bills. We'll be right back and don't go anywhere. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, along with Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson. And boys, uh, we've talked a little bit about the NFL on yesterday's uh, big games. And uh, speaking of big games, there were some big games in college football over the weekend. And most of the people in the state of Florida were wondering just what happened to Florida State as they went up to Louisville. I know that we all talked about that uh, 
crazy things can happen when you go on the road, and especially to Louisville. But I don't think any one of the three of us saw um, the kind of butt whooping that uh, the Cardinals put on uh, on the Knowles coming. Yeah, that was. <laughs> there's there's nothing if you're Florida State that you can take out of that game uh, other than just sorrow. They were out coached, out played, out everything uh, by a tremendous Louisville team that right now is as good a threat as any to be in the playoffs. I think they're up to number three in the uh, in the poll right now, and that and that's deserved. Florida State um, has not looked all that good. They certainly uh, uh, are not living up to their to their hype. Uh, they were kind of lucky to get away with the opening win against uh, Ole Miss, and uh, they're beaten up a little bit in, uh, with injuries. And they really were just run off the field by Louisville in every aspect of the game. And all you can do is, is if you're Jimbo Fisher, is maybe try to get them refocused this week for what I think will still be a tough game for them uh, in Tampa uh, against the University of South Florida, who is undefeated. And as Jimbo Fisher is quick to remind people, uh, the Bulls have a lot of players on their roster that he recruited. So um, let's let's see how that shakes out. But if you're Florida State, you've just got to be devastated because forget the national championship. Uh, I, I think I think the, that's that's out of the question right now. Right now, if you're if you're them, you're just hoping to 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 get right and 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 try to keep the season from spiraling out of control. I I think uh, I think you're right. I think though one other thing, guys, and I don't know about you, but I'll let you respond after I tell you. But I, I think Lamar Jackson the Louisville quarterback might very well have put himself firmly in the lead for the Heisman trophy. Uh, I have, I was impressed on every level with that kid. I mean, he passed, he ran, he did everything right. I don't think he made a single mistake in that entire game. Florida state. I don't think has tackled him yet. 17 carries, 146 yards, four touchdowns, another through the air. Uh, yeah, well, who who wouldn't have him at the top of their Heisman ballot right now? And it uh, does I, it does make that Syracuse win look even, uh, you know, that we kind of looked at the week before as kind of one of those things. And you sit there and go, wow, they just they just ran all over Syracuse like they didn't know what they were doing. And a win like that uh, over FSU, and you're talking about USF. USF beats uh, Syracuse on the road looking good in the process. And uh, so when a Syracuse team, when you're looking back and say, well, you know, Louisville beat Syracuse by this, and if, you know, and USF doesn't do badly at Syracuse either, it uh, it puts them in a, in a much better uh, position from that standpoint uh, going into the game against um, FSU this weekend. I think that's, that's, that's my takeaway from, uh, from this game, guys, is uh, it, it validates, Louisville's uh, game-wrecking uh, offense. Um, yep. You know, uh, we we were kind of dismissing it. Oh, look who they're playing. Um, Joe, they exposed every crack, every flaw uh, in Florida State defense, which 
at the end of the year, you're going to look back and, and, and say it, it's not a terrible defense. It, it, you know, it hasn't been great so far this year, but every, every mistake that Florida State made was exploited by Louisville. Um, I think they've done some things in these first three games that have never been done um, in college football uh, in terms of points and, and maybe yards. Uh, and now they've done it to uh, the number three, two team in the country. Uh, having said that, guys, I said last week, uh, I thought that number two ranking w- was a little high for Florida State. I, I would have preferred putting Ohio State there. Uh, we'll see what happens this week. Certainly Alabama wasn't overly impressive. Um, Ohio State keeps rolling on. Uh, Joe, don't forget Greg Schiano keying that uh, you know, Buckeye defense. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep mentioning that all year long. Uh, but L- Louisville... You, you can't be more impressive, gentlemen, uh, than the Cardinals uh, the first three weeks of, of a college football season. No, absolutely. No. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, and, well, one thing I think this does uh, is, is um, this argument seems to come up every year. It's like, why do we have preseason polls? Because everybody's just guessing. You know, they look at the traditional, you know, Alabama's going to be good, you know, Ohio State's going to be good. You figure Florida State's going to be good and so on and so forth. And you just kind of start slotting them in. And then they start to play the games and you realize, well, wait a minute. Um, Some of these teams like Louisville are a lot better than anybody imagined. And some of these teams like Florida State and Oklahoma are not nearly as good as we thought they would be and should not have been ranked high. I would be in favor of saying uh, no polls, period, until uh, October 1st, because at that point, where where would you have, you would probably still have Alabama number one, you'd probably still have Ohio, you might have Louisville number one at this point, to be honest with you, though, That's right. uh, you might have, uh, you know, Louisville might be ahead of Ohio State, vice versa, I don't know. But it would be a more accurate uh, depiction of where teams actually are. Like, like right now, I look at Houston. Uh, Houston, we are, everybody's in love with Houston after the first week, right? And they're mm-hmm. very, very good. But all of a sudden, well, was it, that's a nice win over Oklahoma, and you're never going to devalue that. But, well, Oklahoma's one and two. They just got their doors blown off in their own house. Uh, in a game that they knew they had to win uh, to keep whatever hopes they had alive. So really, how how good are uh, are the Sooners? Uh, I would say that at this point, uh, not very. Um, and uh, people people were in love with with Southern Cal at the start of the year, right? Everybody, oh Southern Cal, they're building it. Uh, they got obliterated the other night by Stanford. They are they're one and two. So. Uh, people, people look at a, uh, a game nobody, absolutely nobody talked about uh, with all the other stuff that went on this weekend. But you look at Wisconsin. Everybody, oh, Wisconsin, uh, number, number nine in the country. They had to struggle to beat a winless Georgia State team 23-17 uh, at Camp Randall Stadium in uh, Wisconsin. So I'll go to the Badgers, which, you know, uh, so let, we all just need to kind of wait a little bit and see 
how some of this stuff shakes out. Hey, Jim, you know, I think Henderson makes a great point about those polls, and I'm mm-hmm. going to take it a step further. Um, do we really need to see Mr. Williams on July 15th, the preseason slate of Heisman candidates? I mean, this goes Not on really. every year. I don't like it because, to me, you're up against the eight ball if you're not on the short list in July. Uh, you really have to do something extraordinary. If you're on the list, you don't have to do anything extraordinary. You're already uh, in the inner sanctum. I just think that's crazy. Um, nobody picks the MVPs of baseball in February. Nobody puts out a list. I mean, no. this is nuts. Um, and these are the same guys that are voting, ended up voting for it. So, you know, I don't, I don't think it's smart. Um, and I want to do a shout-out, Jim, and I've been talking about this team now for three weeks mm-hmm. on this podcast. I'm going to keep talking about them. The Miami Hurricanes took care of business, James. Um, they went up into a hostile environment, tickets going for 1,000 clams apiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, the town in a frenzy for weeks, if not months, when this game was uh, anticipated. And, uh, you know, Miami, with, with that senior quarterback, who was calm and cool. Um, Joe, I'm not saying UM's all the way back, but uh, they got a nice team right now. Nice. Well, that was that was a really uh, deceptively nice win for them uh, to go into to Boone, North Carolina, and beat a pretty good Appalachian State team. Um, but that raises another great question. Appalachian State goes into uh, Tennessee and loses in overtime uh, to the balls on in their opening game. Well, everybody's now in love with Appalachian State, right? Well, how good is Tennessee really? Uh, they, they were at home the other day against uh, a mediocre Ohio University team and struggled to put them away. It, it was a, a two-point game going into the fourth quarter and uh, Tennessee wins 28 to 19, but I think you expect a much more dominant performance from Tennessee than that. Uh, there was another great result over the weekend. Just you had to feel good for these guys. Uh, North Dakota State goes into Iowa and, and beats the, the ranked Hawkeyes uh, and did it in style, uh, outscored Iowa 16 to 7 in the second half to win by two points and, you know, with a field goal at the gun. So, you know, great balance, great unpredictability uh, in college football. And uh, what a, what a weird, wild season. Uh, And as, as much as we're in love with Louisville right now, maybe by this time next week, we're not, I don't know, but you uh, know, guys, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Jim, that, um, you know, Alabama certainly didn't showcase, a national championship defense, um, you know, it, it's kind of like the Rams, uh, you know, with the Seahawks. I mean, mm-hmm. Seattle's a better team. Nobody's questioning that. But they don't, they don't match up well against the Rams. And now it doesn't matter if they're in St. Louis or Los Angeles. And, Jim, I don't have to tell you about uh, Nick Saban going against the Rebels. Uh, you know, every year you, that's going to be one heck of a game, it, it appears to be. Well, somewhere, somehow – 
I think they've got kryptonite because they're the one team <laughs> that can uh, give Superman grief on a on a regular basis. And uh, you know, nobody nobody's given any um, nobody's crying any crocodile tears for for Saban, but uh, he's got to sit there and wonder what the heck you know is going on with uh, Ole Miss. But guys, you know, if you look, the Gators are ranked 19th this this um, this week. 18th is LSU. Then we got Wisconsin at 17, Baylor at 16, Miami at 15, Tennessee at 14, FSU at 13. That's gonna that from 19th to 13 in the next two weeks is gonna get scrambled because FSU plays at USF this week. Miami in two weeks goes to Florida State. LSU comes to Florida. And Tennessee, of course, as we said, is hosting the Gators this week. And then they have to do something they haven't done this year, and that's go on the road. So Tennessee is is three and zero, and I'm call, I'm calling Bristol a home game for them, uh, and they haven't played it on the road yet. So what the hell are they doing, ranked fourteenth, Jim? That that Tennessee hasn't lived up to that. I huh. I Ira, I can't. They have been. I. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I truly have no idea because that one mystifies me. Joe just talked about – I mean, they almost stumbled in the first game out of the blocks. They go out and beat a, not a very good Virginia Tech team, come back and barely get out, you know, alive at home this week. And now they're playing the Gators, and everybody's like – and, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, this Tennessee team, boy, you got to look out for them. Look out for what? What exactly well, the, has the Tennessee team done? Yeah, and and of course Florida now their quarterback situation's in flux. It looks like uh, Luke Del Rio's out for at least a couple of weeks. Um, so, but Florida seems to have a mojo on Tennessee, and there's many a many a season Tennessee has thought, all right, this is the year we're going to get those guys, and they they haven't done it, but. Uh, I did want to, uh, Jimbo. You were looking ahead to um, some of the games uh, upcoming. Mm-hmm. Circle this one on your calendar for October first, and uh, it's one that not a lot of people were talking about, but they will be now. It's Louisville at Clemson. And, oh man, uh, that is oh, good. Man. Oh. <laughs> oh baby, so. Uh, you know, Louisville's got uh, their next game is uh, this week against Marshall. Should take care of business there. That that might and be the two best quarterbacks in the country, Joe. Right there. Might be. Right there. That that game might be 89 to 88. I don't know. It might be a, a basketball score. But uh, what a – I mean, that is that, – that game is must-see Is that TV. a Death that's, Valley, you said? That's in Death Valley. Dabo Which, Sweeney and the boys. Dabo, Dabo – Coach him up that game because uh, I'll tell you what, Bobby Petrino certainly has his share of baggage. Uh, and there's, you, think? you know, we don't, we don't really have time to go into the full depth of it. But <laughs> we, not but unless man, you have a year. Yes. Yeah. But can that dude coach or what? Oh, nobody doubts that he can coach. Uh, he, he might be, I put him right now uh, in, Almost in the in the Saban Urban Meyer class 
for whoa. just being whoa, able whoa. to no hold on hold on i'm going to i'm, I'm going to i'm going to explain myself please for, please i will he's <laughs> he's never had he's never been at a program uh with the resources of of those two places of ohio state and alabama uh but what he's done at louisville has built them into a national championship contender and yeah i said it and when it comes to actually coaching up one game, one game, and I'm, that's what I mean when I say a Saban or a Meyer. If if Petrino's got the same, uh, if he's got the same weapons that uh, if he's basically on an equal talent footing, I think he's going to beat you because that guy can flat coach. Well, we'll now in fairness, season, Jim. Jim. Oh, absolutely. Now in out. fairness. In fairness, Joe, yeah. you got to give some credit to the program, to Charlie Strong and what Charlie did when he built that program up. Fair uh, enough. You know, Fair he enough. brought in athletes. He put them on the map as a <clears throat> as a as a re- legit contender. He got them into the ACC and and marshaled that situation. I'm not doubting Petrino's game coaching and all that ability. I'm just saying. That Charlie certainly, when Bobby took over, Charlie didn't leave the cupboard too bare there. No question about it. And uh, but I'll uh, I'll make this point, and then we'll uh, we'll move on to other stuff. I think Tom Urich, uh, the Louisville athletic directors, is, is one of the the premier athletic directors in the country. And with the way Petrino uh, left when he when he first uh, after his first stint at Louisville, very he was sneaking around. He was doing things uh, uh, at Auburn, trying to undermine Tommy Tuberville. There, uh, he goes to Arkansas. That's a very good job. Uh, we know what happened to him there. Uh, he is damaged goods, right? Mm-hmm. So, why would a guy like Tom Urich take him back to the school that he abandoned? unless he saw something special in him and well, he can coach. Uh, I mean, I don't well, think anybody, a, a lot of guys, a lot of guys can coach mm-hmm. a lot. There are a lot of good coaches out there and nobody in the world would have blamed Louisville. If, if they would have gone in a different direction. In fact, I think everybody was shocked that they didn't. Um, and, and maybe this coaching equivalent of a near-death experience straightened uh, Petrino out. I don't know, but, it, but something seems different about him now. And, uh, you know, what you're seeing on the field is just magnificent. It, uh, there are fun good teams to watch, Jim. Fun teams to They're watch. They're as good as anybody Absolutely. in the country. Hey, guys, one quick thing here on the Sunshine Boys podcast with Joe Henderson, Ira Kaufman. Ira said it a couple weeks ago. And we'll, of course, talk about it in our uh, upcoming podcast uh, on how we take a look at this week's games. But when the stats come out a little bit later today, it's very possible that the best defensive team in college football might be the University of Florida Gators. And I think that may help them uh, as they get ready this week uh, to take on Tennessee on the road with uh, Austin Appleby. Uh, a fifth-year senior who graduated from Purdue University and is now 
going to be the quarterback after young Mr. Del Rio uh, got knocked out of that game uh, against um, uh, North Texas uh, on Saturday. So when Luke Del Rio got bounced, uh, you know, that's that was a bad uh, situation for the Gators because uh, they thought it all may be lost. But I'll tell you what, this uh, Appleby kid, even though I uh, saw very little because he didn't get much of an opportunity, he did throw the ball well. And any kid who comes from Purdue's probably got a pretty decent arm. So we'll see how that works. But Ira's um, was spot on it when he said that uh, the Gators will win with defense this year. And if the offense comes out, it'll be great. But uh, that defense was just absolutely punishing. And, and, and losing, you know, arguably, Jim, their best defensive player in Hargraves, um, who's off to a nice start with the Bucks. The kid's playing well. Um, justifying his, his, his first-round status. Um, it would be a nice win, Joe, for the Gators to go into Knoxville. You know, Lord knows the Gators got tough games, uh, you know, coming up after that. Um, and if they win, uh, that'll build some confidence uh, from Gator Nation. Uh, you know how tough they are at home, Joe, and they always seem to uh, uh, play pretty well against Georgia in, in that uh, independent game. Uh, so this is a big game for the Gators, and I'm with Mr. Williams. Uh, I believe the Gator defense is going to show up big time. Well, they need to, and I'll take it a step further. If they show up big time and Florida goes into Knoxville with a backup quarterback and and puts a nail in the, uh, the myth of, of Tennessee as a uh, championship contender this year, uh, I think that will turn up the heat on young Mr. Butch Jones uh, because expectations couldn't have been higher at Tennessee this year. They thought, okay, we, we've, you know, he's built it. He's built it, uh, recruited well. We've got the players now and we're ready to roll. Um, and they, they're, they're, they're 3-0, and but it's a, it's a scary 3-0. and And, you say, okay, well, you know, could Tennessee certainly wouldn't fire uh, Butch Jones? Are you crazy? They fired Phil Fulmer, who 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 had a lot of success there. They are they are not noted for their patience in Knoxville, and I would bet that there is a sizable portion of uh, Vol Nation that if they lose this game, uh, will begin to look askance at Mr. Butch Jones. I'll say this, guys, as we got to get ready to wrap up our our podcast here, the Sunshine Boys podcast. Uh, as much as it pains me to say this, going to Nayland Stadium on a Saturday to watch a football game is about as uh, entertaining a place on the planet to watch a game. Camp Randall, Joe, you talked about Wisconsin. That's a fantastic place. The big house in, in uh, at Michigan, great uh, atmosphere, but... Certainly, no question that uh, Knoxville uh, on uh, on game day with the river being right there and all that stuff. That's as that's as sweet a place to watch a game as uh, as you can. Here, here, uh, special special place, and uh, should be a great atmosphere on Saturday. Makes it a whole lot better when the Gators win, but we'll talk about that uh, later in the week. Uh, guys, final thoughts uh, from this weekend on uh, the NFL or college football. Uh, Ira, this week uh, in uh, 
what you saw on Sunday or on Saturday. Uh, observations. I um, I'm very impressed with Ohio State, guys. Um, I I don't think it's crazy to vote them uh, the number one team in, in the nation. Uh, I won't. I wouldn't go against Louisville either right now. Uh, but they've answered all all the questions. Ohio State, um, and as Joe Athley pointed out, uh, they got Oklahoma's best effort Saturday night. Oklahoma had to win that game, and they were playing at home. And Ohio State kind of imposed their will on the Sooners. Um, I don't know what more you can do early in the season. Uh, Meyer uh, is neurotic. Meyer uh, has his foibles, uh, but he is one heck of a coach uh, along the lines of uh, what we were saying uh, about Petrino. Um, And he's accomplished more than Petrino. I will mention Shiano's game once, uh, name once more, just to Irv uh, <laughs> Henderson. Uh, but you know, Urban Meyer, gentlemen, gets his teams ready to play. I think, uh, as well as anybody, especially in a big game. No question about it. Um, you got to give yeah. the devil his due, as the old saying goes. Joe, well, observations on the NFL and and uh, college football this week. Well. Um, my observation would be uh, a little bit similar to Iris. Uh, very impressive win by the Buckeyes. I think uh, Iris' friend uh, and buddy uh, Greg Schiano is probably uh, positioning himself well uh, to get a head coaching job again after after this season. He'll be a, a hot commodity. Um, but was this is going to sound odd? a little bit because you're supposed to be impressed with this team, but I was impressed with Alabama to be able to go into that environment against a team that was desperate and uh, Mississippi Ole Miss is not afraid of Alabama. They are one of the few uh, teams out there that looks at Alabama and goes, yeah, so what, you know? And so they're not, they're, they're not going to lose the game before kickoff. And, Ole Miss, give them credit, they went toe-to-toe with Alabama. Would have been a real easy game when they when Alabama got down early to say, uh, here we go again. But that's not how they roll in Tuscaloosa. And uh, good job by, by Alabama. Uh, good job by Nick Saban and his staff. Now, what I'm looking forward to this weekend, there's, there's two games. Uh, I'm really, really intrigued by the, the Florida State-South Florida game. Because USF is flying below the radar. Nobody's paying any attention to them. They're getting a few votes in the polls um, and uh, and all of that. But you've seen them, Jim. You've seen them, Ira. They're a very quick-striking, very athletic team. Got down 17 points the other day on the road at Syracuse. And you can say Syracuse isn't very good, but 17 points is still 17 points. And uh, – USF came back and scored the next 42. They're playing with confidence. They've had this game circled for months. Uh, This still, even after what happened to FSU last weekend, South Florida is going to look at this as a statement game. And the other uh, that I'm going to really pay attention to is Georgia at Ole Miss. Uh, That's a noon start on Saturday. Georgia's winning, uh, but they're not, 
there's they're not quite there yet. Ole Miss now coming off a tough loss uh, to Alabama. They've lost to Florida State. I think Georgia goes down on Saturday. I think uh, Ole Miss gets them. Kirby Smart at uh, Georgia, right? Right. Uh, at the head coach. Uh, let me just um, say one thing about um, defensive-minded coaches other than Nick Saban. I like offense in college football, so I don't think that Kirby Smart's going <laughs> think, to – I think think Georgia, yeah, better days maybe, but um, – I like Iris Mark Rick situation in Miami more than I like Kirby Smart situation in in Georgia. A um, little shite fright there in that particular yard. <laughs> and well, well, well Jimbo, that, if you like if you like offense, yep. go back on Louisville for two seconds. First three games, seventy points, sixty two points, sixty three points. That's offense. But you know, Joe, that we grew up around Bobby Bowden. And Steve Spurrier and yeah. those guys had they. I don't think Steve went over to the defensive practice during the during the week uh, more than ten minutes just to to see if the defensive coordinator needed his help in any way, shape, <laughs> or form. Um, not that he would have known what to do, but uh, I'm just saying. Meanwhile, as we get ready to. To close this up, um, what I'm going to be doing this week, and if anybody needs to get in touch with me, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm sitting Shiva for three days because of the Washington Redskins because I said that they were going to be good this year. And uh, <laughs> clearly, after spending two and a half days in the in the, uh, in the the Dallas Cowboy red zone, uh, Kirk Cousins couldn't figure out that – once you cross the goal line, you get seven points, and if you kick the ball through the uprights, you only get three. And um, didn't work out well for them yesterday. So I will be, um, you know, sitting shiva. If you need anything, simply just send it to my email address, and I will uh, get to it when I can. Uh, meanwhile, social media for Mr. Kaufman. How can we catch you out on social media, Ira? James on Twitter, always available at your service at I, Kaufman, 76. And uh, look forward to our next podcast, James. Absolutely. And Joseph? You can find me on Twitter at the initial J Henderson Tampa, T-A-M-P-A. And you can get me at N-T-F-L-A underscore politics. That's N-T-F-L-A underscore politics. And um, we will be happy to talk on any situation as we do every week here twice on the sunshine boys podcast i'm jim williams for ira kaufman and joe henderson uh, i'll be back in time for my shiva sitting to do our podcast this week and we'll be talking be sure to to listen to not only this one but the upcoming one because we'll be looking at those games in depth in both college and the nfl for this upcoming weekend. So hope you enjoyed this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams for Ira Kaufman, Joe Henderson. Be well. 